0: Hey, everybody. This is Adam Sharptoff, your host of Film Wax Radio. It's Friday, January 27th, 2023, and this is episode 748. When I started Film Wax, it was always the intention that the show would be steeped in independent film, contemporarily, historically, and uh, what's great about this episode is I'm able to kind of combine the two because I'm bringing on somebody I've wanted on my show from the start. You know, very early on, I brought on Hal Hartley. And then I would eventually bring on uh, quite a few of the the actors from the Hal Hartley films, including Karen Silas and Edie Falco and Bill Sage, Martin Donovan, Robert John Burke and Thomas J. Ryan. And now it's my pleasure to finally welcome on the show James Urbiniak, who, uh, again, I wanted to invite on. I think I've attempted it a couple of times. But finally, we have him on. He's in a new film called Condor's Nest. It opens in theaters on digital and demand on, well, today, Friday, January 27th. And uh, here is really briefly the synopsis. American war veteran Will Spalding, played by Jacob Kahani, has tracked the sadistic Nazi colonel who executed his bomber crew during World War II to a remote location in South America, but he is in far more than he bargained for when he uncovers a secret Nazi headquarters known as the Condor's Nest. This is a f- lot of fun, this movie. Well, I mean, it's a re-envisioning of, of, of a period of history after World War II where many Nazis escaped to South, very South American countries to, to go into hiding. And this one imagines that Heinrich Himmler, who is well, who James Urbaniak portrays in this movie, is one of those. Uh, meanwhile, the truth is, is he... Committed suicide in Germany when he was captured, but this is, like I say, kind of an alternative history film, much in the way, let's say, that a uh, let's say a film by Quentin Tarantino might be only on somewhat of a, a smaller scale. This is a really entertaining film, though. It's got a pretty good cast in it, I have to say. That includes Jacob Connie, as I mentioned, in the lead, Al Pacino, Corinne Britty, James, also Jackson Rathbone. Jorge Garcia and the great Bruce Davison, who I still hope to bring on, as well as Michael Ironside and Arnold Vosloo are in the cast. I, I still hope to bring on Bruce Davison, and I asked James about working with Bruce, and um, it was fun because I feel like I'm a step closer, perhaps, to doing that. If you have a connection to Bruce Davison, by all means, reach out to me at adam at filmwax.com. Would love to do that. Of course, speaking of Hal Hartley, we talk a bit about Hal in this uh, conversation, uh, because really Hal is responsible for, among other actors, putting James, you know, in film, as he did for Edie Falco and, and a number of other actors that have been on this uh, show. So we are going now to my conversation with James Urbaniak. This is the one and the only segment for this episode. And just by way of reminder, every Friday I will be recording live on Radio Free Right A new episode will go out. Uh, if you want to tune in to get a preview, that's Fridays at 6 o'clock p.m. at radiofreerinecliff.org. And then, of course, the episode will be uh, podcast. All right, here it is my conversation with the actor James Urbaniak right here at Filmwax Radio. Where
1: the hell are we?
0: 40 miles from Germany.
1: My name is Colonel Martin Bach of the German Protection Squad. This is a bomber aircraft, yes? What was your target? I spent ten years
0: destroying anything that got between me and Colonel Bach.
1: Who are you looking for? An SS officer. Where is he? In a compound called the Condos nest. Don't shoot! They say the man who seeks revenge should dig two graves. Does your colonel deserve to die? Yes, he does. Lucky for you, I know how to fly a plane.
0: Heinrich Himmler is dead.
1: You're wrong. The real Himmler went into hiding, recruiting German veterans into an elite army of spies and guards across the continent. There is a Jewish agent and an American trying to get to the condor's nest. hello there you go <laughs> yeah yeah just like to join audio there how are you i'm great are we on the air yet or is this the pre uh, uh... well <laughs>
0: air is such an elusive term james self fluid yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah we're we're recording yeah good good morning right yeah you're good you're morning, in la
1: yeah i'm in la yeah yeah all right
0: so it's it's reasonable it's nine-ish or 10ish oh, yeah. rather oh it's very good <laughs> you know i've been i've been doing this this kind of podcast for like Eleven, twelve years—I, you know, just ridiculously long time. And uh, I, when I say that I wanted to invite you on since the beginning, I'm really not exaggerating. Oh, thank you. It's you're welcome. But I mean, because it's always <laughs> been—it's always sort of been steeped or, or rooted in the origins of it. We're always in independent film, and so your yes. relationship in, with independent film goes way back. And oh, um, sure. yeah and so I was very impressed by the Hal harley films when they came out that's how I discovered you of course as many yeah. people have and hal himself has been on here a bunch of times so Oh really Yeah as as have many from the stable <laughs> from the harley universe you know. That's
1: so great yeah. yeah I'm in touch with him now and then uh-huh. I, I when I was in New York I used to see him a lot I used to, I, I used to live in New York too uh, I get an email now and then I'll, I'll keep tabs <laughs> on what he's doing. He just wrote a novel. Was did he? Has he promoted that?
0: No. And, um, <laughs> you know, it's impossible to keep up. I was actually, I, I'm kind of, uh, I took some things out of storage with the intention of closing out my storage. And by the way, you know, people watching, yes, we're going to talk about Condor's Nest in just a minute.
1: But, oh, sure. Yeah. But all these, here- all these podcasts have a rambling shambling intro before you get to the meat of (laughs) it it's the the nicest thing
0: anybody said
1: (laughs) i mean that in the in a positive way yeah yeah
0: well i had to get that out of the way you know because i every time your name came up in a pot it just never worked out in the timing and so finally when this worked out i'm like oh Oh, great so um and and what better way uh, or to introduce you to the podcast than you know through the character of heinrich Himmler? i mean that's exactly
1: (laughs) you know
0: um anyway well it's great to hear you talk about and also the other thing i is you're exactly one week older than i am i just discovered that too
1: you were born uh uh, september 10th 1963 no no 24th 24th oh uh older yes yeah i'm not very good at math
0: well Um, neither am i but i but i I did figure that one
1: right we are do you now let me ask you this do you identify as a boomer or a gen xer this is a controversy
0: that's true i'm glad you brought it up i would say uh i would like
1: to say gen xer but it's we're on the
0: cusp of that right i mean we're
1: on the cusp uh whoever whoever decides these things decided that gen x begins in 65 i believe although there 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 is a there are people who believe that it starts uh, in like 63. And of course, Douglas Copeland, who wrote the book Generation X, was born in 61. But my thing is, although I love Creedence Clearwater Revival, I have more of an emotional connection to Nirvana. And that, for me, is how you define it.
0: <laughs> well done. I'll, I'll, I'll take that. And you're a week, one week older. So.
1: But yes, high but, five, fellow Virgo. Exactly. Uh, uh, I am a Libra. Oh, you but, are Libra. You say, I don't know astrology either. You're learning all the things I'm not. I don't know anything <laughs> again, about.
0: Again, on the cusp, though. People will yeah, say, but I, I just embrace <laughs> the Libra. <laughs> um, see, we don't even have to discuss Condor's nest. Not that your publicist would be very happy about that. But um, no, no, this was. I am curious. This is like I, is a fictional kind of a yes. uh, revenge uh, story. Much, you know in this is a new genre that's been blossoming over the last years of since Tarantino came around. Uh I
1: suppose, but it's also kind of an old genre. Like I guess The Man in the true. Iron Castle is an old book and there, you know, alternate history has been around for a while. I that's you know true. in literature certainly.
0: Right. Sure. Uh sure. and um so so people I do you but I, I guess here's my question. Do you do in the particular research for this particular role? Because it's tricky, right? You're on one hand, you'd probably want to do some research on the Himmler character. On the other hand, you're playing him in a role or in a story that didn't really take place.
1: Yes. Well, yeah, I read read a lot about him. The other thing uh, that was helpful is uh, the internet has audio of speeches he made. Oh my God, that's true. Right. And the other great challenge and part of the reason this was so interesting to me is our director, Phil Blattenberger, wanted the people playing uh, the Nazis to speak German in the film, but the bulk of the actors are not German and the bulk of the actors did not speak German. So I had a crash course in German, which How I did. Uh do that? Uh, just spending a little time every day uh, uh, with uh, a couple of language apps and... Uh, really there's a lot of helpful stuff online yeah and basically i had two months to prepare and i basically taught myself conversational tourist german and then it was just a matter of learning a few new words understanding sentence structure (laughs) and uh and then trying to get the accent right and as it happens um I have a brother in law who is a German by birth. He lives at my sister, uh, lives in Germany and is married to a German gentleman. And so I Skyped with him and he helped me with my pronunciation and accent once I, you know, once I got up to snuff a little bit. And then there was a very helpful actor uh, named Torsten Keller, who's a German uh, uh, national who's in the cast. And he was very generous with his time when I was on set to also help me. Uh, speak that but yeah i read uh, a lot of biographical information about hindler i mean the movie is sort of in the tradition of the boys from brazil uh, a, a post-war co- oh, right. story yeah where uh, uh based on i mean it is a fact that there were nazis who fled to south america sure oh yeah many in this case an american uh soldier whose uh team were uh slaughtered uh by a german general uh during the war uh hears through the grapevine that this general is hiding out in South America and he goes to seek revenge and then he stumbles upon a conspiracy. <laughs> and it turns <laughs> out Hitler didn't die at the end of World War II. He's actually still alive and that's our fictional uh, element.
0: It's great. Uh, and right, because he supposedly was being seen by I don't know, he was in he was captured and then he ended up biting a cyanide pellet, right? In real life.
1: I believe so, yes. They, yeah, that's what the a story bunch is. of the high level ones committed suicide
0: right in that that particularly brave manner that they they couldn't imagine was... a
1: world without led by national socialism
0: there you go uh, So good timing on this film by the way <laughs> oh with
1: the uh with the the, the horrific resurgence of the uh... And These yeah, ideas and, and thoughts uh, in the in the Trump era.
0: Yeah, yeah, and the <laughs> and the sort of the this
1: idea toying with fascism again. You know, uh, there, let's there's two sides to this. Uh, let's I, not be so quick to judge. I mean, uh, not to get into that avenue too much, but I uh, when I was young, one always thought, how how on earth could that have happened? Nazi Germany, and now having experienced the last few years ago, I can see how that could happen.
0: Right. Right, we don't have to go too far afield and into that, but it is you so, see when there is, uh, well, is usually racism and 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 then also economic, uh, disp- whatever economic uh, and uh, and uh, time, the whole so.
1: thing of of uh, the power of victimization, <laughs> <laughs> kind of an oxymoron, I guess. Yeah, but, uh, you, wielding victimization as the big thing, just fill in the blank. We're unhappy because of these people and that's a sadly perennial uh point of view uh but the movie uh the movie is also just a sort of old-fashioned uh dirty dozen style you know war movie <laughs> i was it's kind very of a throwbacky it's kind of a throwbacky uh, genre piece in a it way. Is,
0: yeah you're right and i was also i i what occurred to me watching it was i was impressed by how the money was spent you know on this film i mean it it is a throwback, and it is like it stands up. It, I think people enjoy this. It doesn't go as far as mushdash twirling, although the meeting, <laughs> that meeting yeah. was close to it. I'd say the meeting of the the Nazis in at the Condors Nest. That that was, but 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 it's a it's it really is entertaining in that same way that the uh, you know the post war movies that we you know our parents enjoyed so much. And yeah, and it's
1: interesting because it, it's an independent, it's a low budget. Indie. Yes exactly <laughs> excuse me but there are there are actually scenes that were shot in south america uh my stuff was shot in north carolina but uh there are actually some stunning location shots that are. Uh, that uh give it a really impressive sort of visual uh, uh impact
0: yeah and again i mean it looks like a, an expensive movie
1: i i was impressed yeah, with it does that. i was really impressed when i saw the screening for the first time <laughs> <laughs> cuz uh, i hadn't w- been down to south america i didn't know anything about those locations
0: yeah i was going to ask you your brother-in-law what he thought of your performance after he saw the did he or maybe
1: hasn't even seen it he yet he hasn't seen it yet oh, okay I, he hasn't seen it yet but i will i i look forward to uh to hearing his feelings but he was very complimentary about the accent i basically uh um i listened to i listened to the himmler speeches i mean i'm sure to a native german they'll think Good, good job, good job. That's the way. Good sometimes you'll see a Brit or someone do an American accent that doesn't quite fit correctly. Yeah, uh, but I, 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 to my American ear, it sounded good. <laughs> well, <that's laughs> and great. it was really fun. It, I haven't learned another language in decades, so it, I had been to Germany. I'd been to Berlin once, and uh, I basically learned an, an "schuldigum," which means "excuse me," which I used on the subway. <laughs> Not yeah. and choose <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> which is how everybody says goodbye. That's and right. um but I also I also I did notice like, you know, even the, the point where you're the, the the it's also you have to it is not only learn it convincingly, but you also have to be able to emote and act and and you know That's emphasize certain words that are yeah. maybe you wouldn't in English you know it's but you you know I, I if I didn't know who you were I would have thought you were a German actor of course oh, I don't well, know right. German
1: yeah I was in a play once and uh it was a sort of comedic play where we played <clears throat> excuse me different characters and at one point I played a French guy and I thought well this is comedic but I want to do the best French accent as possible and I I listened to a Uh, a French man speaking English over and over. And I really tried to get the accent down. And then after I did the play, and then one night after the play, I came out and there were people from the audience there. And there was a French guy there. And he came up to me and he said, I saw you do that one character who came out with the suit. And uh, I thought, what accent is he doing? And then I realized (laughs) you're being French. And then he said this great thing. He said, you can go further with it because it's not just about the accent. It's about the energy. And he basically, wow. Vietnam, you can actually not be afraid to be more, blah, blah. <laughs> right. be more Frenchy. And so, and the thing about Himmler and that, uh, those people, Hitler as well, there's a very over-the-top oratorical quality they have to their speeches with lots of yeah. rolling R's, you know. Right. And uh, he's a not A theatricality like that, to it. There's For a sure. theatricality to it because they were- being theatrical you know Himmler himself is essentially a nerd who didn't get into combat in world war one and then was playing soldier by creating the ss you know which again is extremely relatable to our time he's basically a basement uh Reddit thread character who Mm -hmm. who ended up having a lot of power. All
0: right. Well, uh, speaking of actors that, you know, I had been admiring for many years um, and who has, has a, he's also in the same scene that we were talking about a moment, like, you know, in this uh, meeting room which is bruce Davison? uh that's right who has been a hero like like i remember that's going it. all the way back to my childhood and just somebody who i've always been so fascinated like how did this guy become like a big big actor he just seems so know, gentle and sensitive you know and
1: he does have that quality starting in Mame, uh uh the lathe of heaven please the lathe of heaven
0: was <laughs> with, with 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 uh the Lathe of Heaven with with uh, who who is opposite him in that? Uh, uh, what's I'm trying to remember. Is this the actress? No, I was thinking of a I, I made the, the 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 screen version of it. The the the
1: yeah, it was it was I think it was like a Canadian TV movie that was shown on PBS in like the 70s. OK, I remember very well as a, as a kid, but uh, I forget yeah. I forget to, who, who else was in that. Yeah, me too. But anyway. I, but I I am a. This is another big area for me. I'm a huge fan of actors and character actors. Me too. From all generations, I love old films. Uh, one of my favorite actors is Charles Lawton. I saw you had Simon Callow as a guest. Uh, oh recently. yeah, yeah. And I, oh, thank I you for his, checking it out. Oh yeah, he and. um that's a great book his biography of lawton is one of my favorite showbiz Oh, good to
0: know because i was trying to figure out where i'm because uh, i felt so bad because i do read a lot of books on film but i had not gotten to simon i you know it's just a oh yeah in no, he's and, and i
1: and... is a great writer i also have his orson wells uh books but uh but yeah i so when i saw bruce davison was there he i remember the day he showed up i was i was uh at the hotel, sitting outside at some tables, having some dinner with Torsten, the German fellow from the movie, and Bruce Davidson sort of ambled along, and we invited him over, and I was thrilled. It's one of the delights of doing this for a living is, I love the old pros, and so you you become a professional, and then yeah. you, meet, you meet people who you grew up watching or who you've admired, and you're sort of on the circuit together, and that's a really nice thing, and he was a lovely person, and I always take my cues from these people. If he wasn't chatty, I wasn't going to bug him, but he was. And, you know, I was peppering with questions. (laughs) So that that was a great pleasure. Yeah, there's actually a bunch of old pros in this. Michael Ironside is in it. Michael
0: Ironside. And he has a great role in that, too. He had a juicy role. That's fun. Yeah. 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 It sounds like there is even a sense of camaraderie on the set.
1: Oh, yeah. And this is very much a sort of ensemble uh, uh, movie. I mean, you have your main hero, but then you have all these sort of supporting characters around him right. basically, and uh you i think the default with most actors is a sort of camaraderie uh now and then you'll meet an asshole but it's rare. right
0: well <laughs> and also there's no big hollywood if there's no huge hollywood name uh, maybe on the set at that time yourself i'm of course you know ex- exceptionally speaking uh but but i mean no i i, Bye, I, I shouldn't tease but, <laughs> but 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 you know if you if you don't i mean i think that also probably helps i don't but maybe i'm wrong i don't know i have not been on a set with one of those
1: guys but. yeah well i think there is i think on this there was certainly a sense that you know we're all like working actors you know to various degrees yeah. of uh reputation but uh even i but i've met some big timers who are you know who are very down to earth and pleasant there's the oh, old, i'm sure there's an old thing that they it's like an old director saying which is treat Treat the actor like a star, and the star like an actor. You know, so give give your working character people the respect you would give Tom Cruise, and then treat Tom Cruise like he's a working character actor, because he'll appreciate that. <laughs> I, I, I have, so in uh, that sense, that means everyone's basically just trying to do the same thing, and in that sense, everyone's an equal. You know,
0: sure, it's for, and it's all about the the project, right? It's all about making serving yeah, serving the serving serving the serving, the, serving, director, the, right? serving the project. Yeah. and right and the director i had on uh tom cruise's cousin on just the other yes. day yes
1: william mapother
0: oh so you know him too okay oh so yeah you're...
1: well i know i'm uh, this is my bread and butter
0: <laughs> yeah well, yeah well it's interesting I, it's great to hear about uh, what you know more about you and, and what what you're about i you know i don't always get to know you know people quite um, but it seems like you're really an actor's actor. It turns out, and you, and I'm guessing you love being a character actor.
1: I do, I do. I mean, I, I when I was, um, when I was around uh, eighteen, nineteen, I, uh, I was going to a community college in New Jersey, and I met a guy my age, uh, our age, I should say. Yes, right. <laughs> uh, uh, and this guy uh, was into old movies, and I wasn't particularly into old movies. I loved the 1933 King Kong because they used to show it. I grew up in New Jersey and they used to show it on a New York station. That's right. Every Thanksgiving, Mm -hmm. it was a New York station in the seventies that showed King Kong. Now it's not a Thanksgiving movie. Someone just showed it. I think they've probably showed it one year. It got good ratings. Cause everybody was home and and the dads were like, Hey, this is a great movie, you know? Yeah. And so I love that movie, but my friend was into old stuff and he had a lot of early VHSs of (laughs) old movies from the thirties and stuff. And we used to hang out and, Watch these films. And he had already at a young age had an encyclopedic knowledge um, of actors. And so I learned a lot. And I also got seriously into this stuff. And this is before I even thought I wanted to be an actor. But I was just drawn to uh, old films and to the performances from that era at a very young age. So it's always, it's always, I'm not into sports. I have nothing against them. But this is kind of my sports. This is my you know stats like yeah. like i mean I got, I with baseball stats, stats on actors i can yeah tell yeah
0: well you know it also does go through a generational thing i mean i don't know if this had much of an impact and i i do want to just say uh remind people again the name of the film is condor's nest and it's in theaters on digital and non demand as of january 27th and includes um James Urbaniak, among its cast members, but when we were growing up back in the seventies, essentially right into the eighties, as young people, we didn't have a plethora of, of channels. We we had didn't have devices. We just had what was on TV, and what was on TV a lot were old movies. I mean, we just so you kind of just started to watch Humphrey Bogart and knew who all those you know that's, people were. May West that's and. Very and true.
1: You and know, then when I moved into New York in my 20s, they were all alive too, you know, by the way. go to revival theaters. Yes, and those people oh, were yeah. alive and they would end up acting on Love Boat and stuff in their old age. <laughs> right. And the other funny thing the revival the reasons, theaters. One of the reasons my friend got into this stuff is cuz his father worked for RCA, and in the 70s they got one of the first VCRs. And when they first made VCRs, the first VHS tapes were all old movies. It wasn't a thing yet where stuff that was in theaters was on video right away. Right. That wasn't even considered. So that was just the stuff that was available uh, sort of golden age Hollywood stuff, uh, which was not considered at that time, you know, a huge market, you know, selling that stuff. So, but he was just disposed to like this stuff. And then, and then when I discovered it, I loved it. And, Sort of that began this lifelong love of uh, sort of classic Hollywood, but but from all eras, I you know, I love I I love actors from today, but that's always been an obsession of mine. And then eventually, I thought, oh, I guess I want to do this too. <laughs> I want to be one of these people.
0: Did you go to Purchase? How did you meet Hal? Uh, we'll wind no. it down in a moment.
1: Yeah, Hal Harley went to SUNY Purchase, uh, right. but no, I just went to this community college in New Jersey. Oh, you mentioned. School. Called Brookdale, where mm-hmm. I where I I started going there, and they had a big, beautiful performing arts center and some very encouraging uh, drama teachers. And I started taking acting classes there and uh, doing a ton of plays. But and then I, a, after a, a little while, I moved into New York, and I met Hal Hartley in uh, Manhattan uh, in the early nineties. There was a theater company. Uh, where I did some work, a, a company called Cucaracha Theater, which worked downtown, <laughs> sort of the off-off Broadway world, which okay. was a very exciting, very creative uh, community back then in the early mid- late 80s. And he had used a lot of actors from that company. Martin Donovan, his leading man in the early sure. days. he been on here before. Uh, the wonderful late Adrian Shelley, who was his yes. leading lady in his early films, was a member of that company. So, I did a show with him and he saw me in it. And it was a very social scene back then. We would do these shows and then we'd hang out afterwards. We drink Rolling Rock because it was the pre-craft beer era. We didn't know any better. (laughs) uh, (laughs) But I used to kind of, I was part of this theater scene where there was a, a, that had a real social scene to it as well. We would do these like late night comedy shows that were very kind of loose and we'd all hang out afterwards. So I got to know him socially for a couple of years and he saw me perform. And then I remember this very well. He, he had asked me to be in a couple of short films, which I did. And then one day he called me. This is probably around 1995 or something. I'd known him now for a couple of years. And he called me on the phone and said, hey, I have a new film script and there's a part for you. And I was thrilled. I hadn't really done any movies yet. Um, I had done these short films with him and I was still mostly doing theater downtown. Quite happily, too, I might add. Uh, I didn't have like a formal agent or anything at this time. It was just all who you knew in the downtown theater community. And that was the world I was a part of. And I had friends who had been in Hal Hartley movies. And I was always, I was jealous of them. And I, he, I remember he said, we'll meet at this. Uh, we met at the White Horse Cafe in oh. the West Village. Uh, and Tavern. I, a tavern. Correct. Yes. Thank you. It's been uh, so long.
0: Sorry to interrupt. Sorry to correct. Oh, dare I, yeah.
1: Still in <laughs> Thomas. He to go there. Yeah. And uh, I, I hurried over thinking, this is great. I'll be the funny waiter in one scene. I'll be like the deadpan librarian in the scene where the main character deadpan. research. Yes. Yep. And I was thrilled. And then I sat down and he said, well, there are three main characters in this movie and I'd like you to be one of them. And then my head exploded uh, like the Tim and Eric gif of Eric Weirheim's head exploding. And um, and then I read the script and it was fantastic. And he had basically offered me a lead role in a movie by a prominent independent director. And that is without question what kickstarted my career, making a living at this and doing film and TV. Uh, it all began with Hal.
0: who And Simon Grimm, the role yeah, of Simon And I
1: doubt there are... I, I'm sure the bulk of your audience knows him, but for those who don't, he's a really... Brilliant independent film director uh, based in New York who's been making wonderful movies since the 90s, really on his own terms. He's just sort of always done his own thing and uh, has an audience for that. And uh, the other thing about him is that he's actually his films have a very distinct style. Yeah, we mentioned the word deadpan. Right. They're known for, for lack of a better word, a kind of a deadpan style. But for he's sure. also extremely funny. His films are just very funny, but in a very unique uh way and he's just a brilliant writer and director and working with him was just and then I did some other things with him he he tends to he's like all the all the great directors who then develop a sort of ensemble so right. you know I yes, played small did. parts and other films you know people who had uh big parts will play small parts and he tends to uh, collect actors and we're all quite happy to be collected by him <laughs> <laughs> And I'll work well, with him again at the drop of a hat whenever. Oh,
0: that's is. good. I, I hope that uh, opportunity does come around. I in the too. meantime,
1: <laughs>
0: in the meantime, people can check out James Ibraniak in uh, Condor's Nest, which again opens uh, in theaters on digital and on demand, yes. on January twenty seventh, where he will play a very convincing uh, Heinrich Himmler,
1: an alternate historical Himmler uh right. who gets right. his just desserts at the end of this movie so uh well don't no dis- uh yeah, Spoiler, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's okay but
1: it's, it's not surprising yeah and this one he that, lives and go- it's not surprising that the nazis lose <laughs> in our alternate history it does um,
0: have a big open over the top kind of denouement if you will you know outside yeah. after that scene you know uh, no, it's where really finally fun- the leading man is allowed to kind of do something really you know big and I mean, he's got the thankless role in the sense that, like, you know, everybody around him, uh, you know, has stuff to really chew on to, you know, and and really use and have lots of great material. And he kind of is the straight guy. That's true. I I kind of feel like he's got the toughest role in some ways, how to, you know, bring that character to life, you know, but um, it's, uh, I want people to go see it.
1: Yeah, no, it's it and it is a kind of surprisingly old school. It's true. I um, didn't think it on those terms. Sort of uh, World War II, uh, uh, post World War II caper. It's right. It is. Oh, totally.
0: Yeah. It's (laughs) it's 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 a a great way to put it. I hadn't thought of that on those terms until you mentioned it. But you're absolutely right. Yeah. Um, Well, just I would love to do a part two sometime. uh, You know, when there's another project, that would really be um, a treat. You know so
1: oh this was a delight thank you adam yeah i really enjoyed it and seriously uh uh just yeah let me know okay all Uh,
0: right i will and continued success
1: thank you kindly same to you
0: all right thank you
1: all right i'll see you around all right have a good
0: weekend bye-bye For tuning in, remember that we are on YouTube. You can see uh, lots of content that is only available on our YouTube channel by going to youtube.com/slash filmwaxradio and engage with us on social media, including Facebook, Instagram, uh, and Twitter, I guess I should say, because that's about it. <laughs> All right, we'll be back next week with a brand new episode of the show. So take care of yourself and the ones you love.